It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That is our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch our show and subscribe to our show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. You can also check out the podcast free and available wherever you listen to all your favorite podcasts. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never Never miss a single edition of the show. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where on Fridays, like today, I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions. If you do not get a question in this week on the weekly Friday mailbag, that's okay. Next week, you can participate by either adding me or DMing me over on Twitter, at Julian Council. Now, as you can see, it's not the normal setup today, if you're watching on YouTube. And if you are, um, just a heads up, I am in a hotel in Arizona. I'm here for work this weekend with the NASCAR race outside of Phoenix. So the video could be choppy. Hopefully that's not the case. I bought the enhanced internet, and I'm hoping for the best. But if it's bad, well, I guess I could have brought an Ethernet cable. I had no idea there's a plug-in right there. So that's on me next time I do it, which will be on Sunday because I still don't have – um, and Ethernet cable, and I'll still be here in Arizona for Monday's show. But next time I'm on the road, if I have to do this again, which hopefully won't be the case, I will have maybe a better uh, preparation as far as the connection. But it's a hotel internet. Y'all probably dealt with it before when you're working on the road, so you totally understand. So just letting you know that's what's going on here. That's why all this random stuff. I'm in my hotel room getting things done for you as the free agency period in the NFL starts in earnest on Monday, but the new league year begins at 4 p.m. Eastern time on Wednesday, March 15th. So y'all, of course, have plenty of questions about free agency, plenty of questions about the draft, because, well, when do you not have questions about the draft here on a weekly Friday mailbag? Let's go ahead and get right into it uh, by answering a question from Alex, who is kind of asking me, um, about my stance on drafting a quarterback and grooming him, but also maybe have I contradicted myself? Alex says, for a while, you were saying we need to draft a quarterback and groom them, but today, which was a couple of days ago, uh, you said you did not think the cost is worth trading up to number one. If the staff believes they have the right quarterback in mind, shouldn't it be worth moving up to number one instead of the chance that someone else might steal their pick earlier? And if the pick is right, we won't have future high picks anyway, so wouldn't it be wise to give away some lesser future draft capital for number one now? I would hate if the staff has decided that they want Stroud, for instance, but someone sneaks up to one or three and steals him from us. I wouldn't want to settle for what's left. And I agree that they shouldn't just settle for what's left, that they truly believe in a guy then get up there and get them. Now, if there's three or four that they love and they're cool with any of them and it's not necessarily settling, then is there a reason that they need to give up the first round pick in 2024 and 25 and maybe more to get up to number one? I don't think so. And for me, my whole stance was I look at all these quarterbacks, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, who I love, 
Anthony Richardson, Will Levis. I don't see any of these guys as surefire you have to get them at number one. I just don't see it. I don't see, see either one of these guys as you have him, no doubter, he's going to be excellent. I don't see it. I like Bryce Young a lot. I, I have no idea. It's also a crapshoot. have no clue whether any of them are going to work out. So that's why I don't think the Panthers need to trade away first-round picks in 24 and 25. I have no problem giving up a 24 first-round pick. And I do agree that if you get the right guy, it doesn't matter what picks you have in drafts in the future because you found your quarterback finally, and the hope is that the roster around him will be good to go and you can be able to retain some of these players under that rookie contract and things will work out for the Carolina Panthers. So I do agree with you with that. I'm just looking at it as I don't see any of these guys worth the number one pick overall for the Carolina Panthers to give up what they'd have to give up to get up to them. That's my whole thing. If you give up a first-round pick next year, you swap this year, and you give up another second or a third, I'm good with that, especially after you traded Christian McCaffrey. I just don't look at Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Will Levis, or Anthony Richardson as worthy for the Carolina Panthers to move from 9-1 to and give up what it would take to get them. That's just how I feel. So, yes, I still think they should groom and develop a quarterback. I just don't think that they need to give up that much in order to get their guy. Now, the only way to ensure that you get your guy is move up to number one, but I have no idea whether the Carolina Panthers only like one of them, if they like two of them, three of them, all four of them, maybe there's five of them. I don't know who they like and who they don't like and who they love and who they don't love. I have no idea. I just know for me – I just don't really think that Carolina Panthers need to move up to one. They can move to three and probably accomplish everything they want to by getting their guy at three. But maybe there's only one guy that they like, and if that's the case, then fine, move up to number one, and we'll see if it works. But I don't think they're going to settle. Scott Fitter was talking about having conviction. If they have conviction in someone, you will see by whether they show up to one, three, or five. Now, Anthony Richardson, he stole the draft, not the draft, but the combine last year. He was the star of the show. Well, which is not surprising. The guy's a freak athlete. Now, if you watch the tape, you're going to get a different story uh, some weeks at Florida than you got other weeks. So you can't get too caught up in the underwear Olympics that go on annually in Indianapolis. But Jake has a question saying, did Richardson's performance in the combine push him into the top five of the upcoming draft? Well, Carolina definitely have to trade up to, at minimum, to the fifth spot to get any quarterback or get lucky and one falls into their lap staying put. And I don't think anyone's going to be there at nine. Uh, I don't think that's going to be the case. And we talked to Mike K from the Charlotte Observer a couple weeks ago, and he thought that Anthony Richardson wasn't going to even be there at nine. He thought he was going in the top five, and that was before the combine, probably because Mike understands how these NFL teams work, where they look at a guy and his traits, and they just start foaming at the mouth, wanting that dude on their team, and not necessarily looking at some of the other intricacies of the game, whether he can actually play the position. And I'm not saying that Anthony Richardson can't do that, or Will Levis can't do that, or any of the other guys can't do it. But when it comes to Levis and Richardson, you're more so looking at the traits than the actual production. When you look at Alabama's Bryce Young and Ohio State's C.J. Stroud, you got traits, maybe not as much with Bryce Young, but you got the production. I'm certainly more interested in the production on the field more so than the traits. And there's going to be the thought of, okay, his best football is ahead of him. And I would hope that would be true because it can't be as bad as it looked at times at Florida. It has to be much better, at least consistency-wise. Now, can that be upper echelon in the NFL? We'll see. Will Levis, can he cut down the turnovers, and can he be more consistent? We'll see. But the traits is what people are really focusing on in Levis and Richardson, more so than they are with Stroud, who has them, and Young. That's production versus traits. So I do think that if they want to get a quarterback, they got to move up to five. Uh, the Bears are going to trade out. Maybe the Colts are the team that moves out there. I, I don't know. Quarterback's going to go at one. Quarterback's going to go at two to Houston. At three, Arizona. 
If they stay there, they're not going to take one. At four, the Colts maybe move up. Maybe the Bears are moving back there, and the Panthers can move to four or five. I don't know. I feel like you got to get up to five at the very least to make sure that you get one of the top four quarterbacks, and maybe it's the Bears moving down twice from one to four of Indianapolis and then back down maybe to nine with Carolina and the Panthers moving to four. Getting up to three ensures that you're going to get one of the top four guys. Does that mean that you get your guy? No. As I said earlier and earlier this week as well, the only way to ensure you get your guys move up to number one, I just don't look at any of these guys worthy of the Carolina Panthers giving up that much to get up to number one. And Richardson, yeah, he's probably going to be the top five because, again, traits and Hell, I'll take him here in Carolina, and hopefully it works out. Uh, Clayton has a question about C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, and Anthony Richardson, saying, don't you think the Panthers trade up and do not get C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, but take Richardson, he'd have to start this year based on the assets we would send to move up, or do you think after his, com- his combine performance, he's a day-one starter for a team? I'm a C.J. fan, so I'm hoping that's who we can somehow acquire. I don't think just because the Panthers trade up to get Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud or Will Levis or Anthony Richardson that they have to play right away. And the guy, if the guy's not ready, don't play him. What good is it going to do that individual and the team this year if you play someone and they're not ready to go? Like We've already seen in New York with Zach Wilson, who has been terrible his first two years. He has not been ready to be an NFL quarterback. He's not been ready to lead a locker room. Like, the guys in that Jets team clearly do not want to follow that guy. When Mike White took over, they were wearing Mike White T-shirts. That tells you just how much they dislike Zach Wilson as their franchise quarterback. And let's put franchise in quotes and as a leader because he has not been that. And I'm not saying the same situation is going to play out in Carolina, but you don't have to put someone out there immediately just because you traded two future first-round picks away, and you gave up a second or third-round pick, you just because you got up there to one or three or four, whatever, or five, does not mean you have to play Anthony Richardson right away. Like, I've seen what he looked like at Florida. I have a hard time seeing that guy coming into OTA's mandatory minicamp, going through training camp, and seeing that he is surely the best option for the Carolina Panthers heading into the 2023 season. Like, that's the point of bringing in a veteran quarterback so that you can have someone to be the bridge or to be there as a backup to help them. Like, Young, if he goes to Houston, I would imagine he's probably going to be the starter right away. But that does not mean the Carolina Panthers need to start Bryce Young right away. And I would think that if Bryce Young comes to Carolina, that it would make sense for him to start right away as long as he actually earns the job. Because a lot of times, teams just draft a quarterback, they don't even have to compete for the job, and it either works or it doesn't. Have them compete, no matter who you take. Let them win the job. Because if they can't win it, against a veteran who's probably going to be better than them anyways this year, you don't have the right guy. So, no, just because you take Richardson or Levis or whoever does not mean they have to start day one. You would like for them to eventually take over at some point during the season, and Kenny Pickett did that this past year. They do not need to start week one for the Carolina Panthers, especially if they have not shown that they are the best option to help the team win because this still is a team sport, and the team would still like to be a playoff team. And if the rookie is going to hinder them, by not being ready to go in the first month of the season, what's the point in taking a couple of losses in the name of the development? Because the development can't get in the way of the ultimate team goals, which is to win football games. All right, let's take a quick pause here on the show. I'll come back here and answer more of your questions on the weekly Friday mailbag right here on Locked on Panthers. 
Are you looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories and you got to try a Built Bar? What makes Built Bar so good, you ask? Well, for starters, they are covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate on every single Built Bar. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy for you. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box anymore. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com, which you can still do, but now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars so you can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. And if you're close to a Sam's Club and, of course, a member, run in and grab a 13-bar box with their hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You can thank me later. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, let's get back into it. The weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked on Panthers. There's plenty of speculation about Lamar Jackson. A lot of teams, Panthers included, said that they're not interested. Now, there is going to be one, maybe several of those teams that are actually lying and are truly interested in Lamar Jackson. Is there collusion amongst the owners after Sean Watson got that five-year, $230 million fully guaranteed deal? Probably. But either way, I think it's the right decision for the Carolina Panthers to stick to the plan of getting a rookie developing that rookie and being able to build the overall team around that rookie because they have the rookie wage scale opposed to giving up two first round picks and a ton of money for a player who we don't know whether he can actually play through a 17 game season as we have not seen that the past two years up in Baltimore. And I do question if the Ravens aren't willing to give Lamar what he wants, why should the Carolina Panthers give Lamar what he wants and then give up all of that, including their cap space and the, and the potential to bring back certain players and extend certain players in the future for Lamar Jackson. But I think Lamar is a great player. I think he could do great things in Carolina. I just don't think that is the right decision for the Panthers. Now, Carolyn says that she agrees with my stance um, with Lamar Jackson. She would love to have him in Carolina, but the amount of guaranteed money is tough to get past. Um, her grasp on the cap is tenuous at best, and hell, mine, I guess, is too. Um, she says, should we be managing it more like Mickey Loomis, the Saints GM in New Orleans? I keep thinking the Saints can't keep, keep, I keep thinking the Saints are kicking the can down the road and we'll catch up to him eventually, but will it? Uh, yeah, it already has. Uh, remember when they traded C.J. Gardner-Johnson to the Eagles because they couldn't pay him? Uh, remember when they let Teron Armstead also walk last offseason because they couldn't pay him top-tier left tackle money? Remember when they let Trey Hendrickson, who had 13 half sacks in his final year in New Orleans, walk to Cincinnati where he's had 22 sacks the last two seasons and has played for a Super Bowl and gone to the AFC Championship game another year and had more success there in Cincinnati he ever had in New Orleans? That's already happened where – the Saints have had to decide who they can keep and who they cannot keep because of kicking the can down the road with restructured contracts and all that they've done the last couple years with the salary cap. The Panthers don't want to be in that situation where in two, three years' time, they can't bring back Iki Aquanu because they can't afford to pay the top-tier left tackle salary. That They can't be in the situation where they can't bring back Jeremy Chin because they can't afford to pay Jeremy Chin what he deserves at – Safety. It can't be the situation where they can't bring back Brian Burns because I think they're going to extend him now to where they can't bring him back because, oh, man, our cap situation 
is so jacked up where we kick the can down the road and we keep trying to restructure these deals where we just cannot make it work. Because eventually you got to let guys go. And those are three pretty damn good players that are no longer in New Orleans in part because of the cap situation. Now, I can't sit here and say that I know everything that went into the details of C.J. Gardner-Johnson not being in New Orleans and Teron Armstead not being in New Orleans, Trey Hendrickson not being in New Orleans. But when you look at the cap situation, you look what those guys are making and their production, clearly there's some sort of connection there between the Saints always having kicked the can down the road, the salary cap, and those three players no longer being in New Orleans. So, yeah, Mickey Loomis does a great job of getting them under and still fielding what's been a competitive team, but that team has missed the playoffs the last couple seasons, probably mainly because they have not had a quarterback and Sean Payton's gone, but it does not help that they didn't have a couple of these guys on the roster this season and the year prior. Uh, over to Herbert, who says, what if the market for Lamar is not what he thought it was? Well, that's clearly the case so far with all these teams coming out and saying that um, they're not interested in Lamar. And the Ravens are hoping that his market is not what he thinks it is so that they can, well, look better PR-wise to their fan base and show Lamar, like, hey, you went out there to try to get more and no one wants to give you that. So how about you stay here and we can work out a deal that makes more sense for the two of us. Um, but he also goes on to say, can he become cheaper? If Lamar is dead set on what he wants, I don't really see how he becomes cheaper. Uh, it's going to be $32 million this year anyways. And I just don't see how it's going to work. If a team's going to sign Lamar to an offer sheet that he's going to agree to, it's going to be a ton of money. And why should he take less? Like, why should he take less than Daniel Jones? Why should he take less than Derek Carr? Why should he take less than Matthew Stafford? He should not be taking less. The guy should be take, should be getting a $200 million contract. We're totally being honest. Um, Herbert continues to say, would, we would have to give it two first-rounders anyway to move up, right? What if another team, the Colts, Raiders, take him? Um, don't see the Colts doing that. They pretty much already said a couple weeks ago that they're going to get a rookie. And they're the team that I saw all the mock drafts have trading up to number one. Does that tell you that they want Lamar Jackson? It should not. The Raiders, Josh McDaniels, Lamar Jackson, don't see that being a pair. Yeah, it would free up spots for them to move to the draft if the Colts and the Raiders decided that they did, that they wanted to go after Lamar. But again, teams that are interested, or at least have the opportunity to add a better quarterback, have shown to this point that they're not interested in bringing Lamar Jackson in, Carolina Panthers included. How many of them are telling the truth? I don't know. How many tell, are lying? I'm sure there's several of them. But right now, none of this seems a lot in Lamar Jackson. So the Panthers should be focused on getting a quarterback, which I think should have been the case anyways. And by that, trading up, drafting somebody this year. All right, uh, over to Kurt. He says, if you agree to the premise that the Panthers will sign a veteran quarterback no matter what rookie they draft, wouldn't a haul of Bijan Robinson at nine, Hendon Hooker with a second-round pick come across for far more appealing than trading that second and another first for one of the other four rookie quarterbacks? Is it just the fact that Hooker wouldn't play this year and the others considerably could? That's the deciding factor. If Hooker was healthy, he'd be ranked probably third or fourth of the five quarterbacks, in my opinion. Bijan immediately becomes starting running back and is comparable to CMC, who we obviously just lost. Yeah, so you already know my feeling on, like, running backs. Like, I'm not saying I'm running back in the first round, dude. <laughs> Isaiah Pacheco, who the Chiefs won a Super Bowl with as their starting running back, he was a seventh-round pick. I'm not taking a running back in the first round. It's not, at, not at nine. So I'm good on Bijan Robinson. Don't need that. So, no, I'm good on that. Um, Hinden Hooker, good player. It took him until he was like 24 years old to dominate college football, probably because he's older than most of those players. So he's a good player. I enjoyed watching him at Tennessee and that Mickey Mouse offense this past year. 
I don't think he's better than the guys that are coming out. And they're also younger than Hendon Hooker. And you have to wonder how much better is Hendon Hooker actually going to get. And I know Kurt is a Tennessee Vols fan, so he's certainly looking at this with the Vols-colored glasses um, with Hendon Hooker. Nah, dude, I'm good. And coming off an injury, it's just – I don't I don't need that. You might as well just keep Matt Corral if that's your standpoint because you just drafted a quarterback last year. Why draft another one who's going to be in the middle part of the draft that's not considered one of the top-tier guys? He's not a first-round caliber talent. Why would you – why would you just keep Matt Corral if that's the case? So, no, I'm good on B. John Robinson because you can get a running back in, like, the fifth round and be totally fine. And the only thing with B. John, like, yeah, he's really good. You get the fifth-year option. But you just need to get a running back for four years in the middle part of the draft, barely pay him, and then go get someone else four years from now. That's why, that's how I see it. So, no, I'm good on B. John Robinson. Hendon Hooker, Greensboro kid. Love watching at Tennessee this past season. Uh, but you have to honestly think about the age factor there. And Stetson Bennett, too. Like, Stetson's 25 years old. And it's like, he's a good player. Yeah, so I have to wonder, when you have, like, seven years of college development, which basically is what it was, yeah, you probably are going to be pretty damn good at the end of it. And Hidden Hooker, when you have, like, six years of college development, yeah, you're probably going to end up being pretty damn good at the end of it because you've been in college for so darn long. And you have a really good offensive system around you and ton of talent. Great player. Not trying to take away from him, but no, I'm good on both of those fronts. And you're bringing a veteran so that they can buy time for the rookie and also so that they can mentor the rookie and so that they can be a quality backup. So whereas the rookie gets hurt or something happens, the Panthers can still remain competitive and reach their team goal of hopefully making the playoffs in 2023. It's not just signing a veteran to be like, oh, because you don't trust the rookie. You don't think the rookie is going to be ready to go. But that's not the case at all. So, no, good on Hooker, good on Robinson, um, good on getting a running back in the first round ever again. Like, fourth, fifth round, sixth round, seventh round, I'm good. Just get them as cheap as possible. All right, take one more pause here on the show, and I'll come back and uh, wrap the, uh, and uh, answer more of your weekly Friday bailback questions here on Locked on Panthers. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's uh, get some more of your questions here on this weekly Friday mailbag edition of Locked On Panthers. Uh, much better questions this week, uh, by the way. So thank you. Two last three weeks, some of the best questions we've had. Last week was uh, kind of lacking, but uh, this week has been good. Uh, got Kevin. Hey, Julian, is there a way the Panthers can get out of the, the Dante Jackson deal with him being so injury prone? Well, looking at uh, spot tracks, bow track again, have no idea how it's actually pronounced, but you guys know what I'm talking about. This is the situation for Dante Jackson. I want to say Deshaun Jackson for whatever. For Dante Jackson, if the Panthers were able to move on from him this offseason. Now, if they release him pre-June 1st, there is a $12 million dead cap hit, and they save $1.5 million against salary cap. So that's a non-starter. If they trade him, dead cap hit is $7.3 million, and they save $6.2 million, which is far more palatable. I would just ask who's going to play corner if that's the case. It's not going to be Keith Taylor or C.J. Or, uh, Henderson. They'd have to get somebody else, 
and that would either be a free agent, something via trade, or they go out and draft somebody. Not a great situation if they do that. Um, if they release them, the dead cap hit, uh, that, this is post-June 1st designation, dead cap hit is split up. It's $8.3 million this year and then $3.6 million in 2024 with $5.2 million in savings. If they trade them post-June 1st designation, they have a $3.6 million dead cap hit this season and three point six. million in 2024 and they save 9.9 million dollars so the best option would be to trade him with a post june 1st designation and save nearly 10 million dollars against salary cap but the carolina panthers then would need to add at least two more guys to that cornerback room that you can trust right now there are two both of them have dealt with injury issues the last two seasons in jc horn and in dante jackson but when out there healthy that's a good combination. The problem is we have not seen nearly enough of that combo on this Panthers defense the last two years. So the hope is Dante can stay healthy, but really you're waiting until next offseason where the Panthers can save $10.6 million and only have a dead cap at a $3.6 million. So it's really important that the Panthers go out there and find another alternative in that third corner this year or in a draft that they can maybe take over in 2024 as a guy who starts opposite of J.C. Horn, just knowing that Dante could again be injured this year and just has not been able to stay healthy the last three seasons in Carolina. All right, over to Brian. He says, let's get sexy. (laughs) Do you think the Panthers should trade our ninth pick for the Cardinals' third-round pick, or third overall pick, rather, and for DeAndre Hopkins, apparently who's on the trade block well yeah if they can make the money work I would absolutely love for them to bring in DeAndre Hopkins one of the best receivers in the NFL who also has had injury issues the last two seasons and of course had the uh, whole PED suspension that cost in the first six games of the 2022 season but if they can trade up from nine to get the three to get their quarterback and to get Nuke Hopkins yeah I think that's something that they should do. <laughs> I don't even think that's really worth asking that question at all, Brian. Should the Panthers trade up to three, get their quarterback of the future, and on top of that, also bring in one of the best receivers in the NFL? Duh. <laughs> so, yeah, if they can make that happen, for sure. I would love that. Now, when I first read that, I thought he was saying, should the Panthers give up their ninth pick to get DeAndre Hopkins? I was like, this guy's insane. And then I saw that actually they were getting the third overall pick and Hopkins like, okay, that makes a lot more sense. And I also thought to myself, is that even a question that needs to be asked? Yes, absolutely. Yes, Brian. Uh, Final one from Levi. Should the Panthers court Sam Darnold again as a bridge quarterback? Does Darnold actually want to come back based on your sources? I think he is the best bridge quarterback for Carolina in 2023 because of his familiarity with the skilled players already here. Yeah, it makes sense because Sam Darnold's been here the last two seasons. The guys know him. Um, I thought he played some of his best, definitely played his best football of his career in the final six weeks of last season. Now, the last game against New Orleans wasn't great, and the game against Tampa, we've been over it. It was, I think, fine, but, of course, the turnover issues crept up, and not all of them are on Sam Darnold. We'll give him one and a half of those three turnovers on him. But still, you know, Sam Darnold is kind of who he is, and there's maybe a world where Sam Darnold can – actually figure it out one day and be that guy everyone thought he was going to be when he came out of USC as number three overall pick. We just have not seen that. And his situations have not been perfect. I think it would still be a good situation for him to come back here in Carolina. Josh McCown being here, 
I think Frank Reich would like Sam Darnold in his system and that he could buy the rookie some time if that's what the Carolina Panthers end up doing as if they do take a rookie quarterback and they want to have someone like a Sam Darnold be that bridge for the first power part of the season the entire season I don't know and if you no know, rookie goes down Sam can come in can win you some games we know that and if you have more things around him then maybe he could be a much better I don't know uh I'm not gonna say I have sources I did have a conversation with somebody close to the team so I guess I, I guess that's in a way a source, um, and maybe that is a definition of a source. And he did not feel like Sam Darnold would be coming back to Carolina. Um, Sam's got to look at his other options out there. You know, Tampa—they need a quarterback. Maybe Sam makes sense down there. Um, you, I saw Baker Mayfield also was mentioned with Tampa. You got to look at Arizona. Kyler Murray's not going to be back maybe the entire season. Does Sam Darnold make sense there? He's got to go wherever he thinks he can get a chance to actually play and maybe be the guy. And Tampa Bay. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know if they're going to go after Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, it doesn't seem like they're going to draft a quarterback. Are they going to go with Kyle Trask? That seems like an unlogical spot for Sam Darnold if he actually wants to get an opportunity to be the starter for at least a year. I think he's going to be looking for starting options first where he can actually potentially be the guy and compete for the job before he's going to accept coming back to Carolina to be a bridge option uh, for the future. So, yeah, I think they should court him and try and bring him back. Him, Jacoby Brissett makes sense. Andy Dalton makes sense. But especially Darnold and Brissett, I just don't know whether Sam Darnold wants to do that. And from the conversation I had about a month ago, now things things change. Uh, does not seem like Sam Darnold would likely come back just from that conversation. Not saying it's not going to happen, but we'll see how it works out here over the next week or so. As free agency again begins in earnest as the legal negotiating period starts on Monday, and then a new league year starts on Wednesday, 4 p.m. Eastern time on March 15th. All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council. Talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Again, y'all make sure to watch our show, subscribe to our show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. Also, check out the podcast, free and available wherever you listen to all your favorite podcasts. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe, and follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where next Friday I'll be right back here answering your weekly Friday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me. Again, on Twitter, at Julian Council. In the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding, and I'll be back with y'all on Monday as we look ahead to who the Carolina Panthers should be targeting in free agency and hopefully getting this team where they need to be heading into 2023 and into the draft. So in the meantime, enjoy your weekend. Goodbye. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.